Hi, and welcome to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. In this episode, I welcome Mary Shimko, the head women's soccer coach at Brandeis University, and Jamie Gunderson of Christopher Newport University Women's Soccer. Mary played and graduated from Brandeis and proudly took over the head coaching role in 2020. Thank you for sharing and subscribing to the podcast and helping it grow. Please keep sending questions and comments. I enjoy the feedback and always get your questions answered by my guests. Don't forget to check out Match Play on social media as well. So yeah, Jamie, you were saying that there's probably some big differences in in um, recruiting between CNU and Brandeis, huh? Yeah, I would imagine. I, I mean, again, we don't really when we talk when I'm talking with recruits, Brandeis doesn't really pop up on the radar for us all that often. Um, we are a state institution, so you know, primarily if you look at our roster, that's in-state kids is kind of what we, we go after, and we hit Virginia really hard. Um, we do have five out of state kids in this incoming class out of our nine. So it's kind of that year was a little abnormal, but, uh, it kind of just worked out that way. And then looking ahead at 24 is all of our commits now are Virginia state kids. Um, it's just two parts to it in state tuition, a little bit easier on the, the financial side of things. And then, um, there's really good soccer in Virginia. So it makes it my job a little bit easier. Um, so he always has issues. With, I got, I got, I'm going to just turn it off. <laughs> Sorry, I should have done that earlier. Unprofessional of me, my bad. But yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I, you know, we don't, I mean, again, down here, Emory is kind of the one we run into, I guess, the big, uh, the most, because, I mean, they're kind of the closest proximity to us in that respect. Yeah, I think, you know, there's like two parts. Um, for, for us, we're, we're a private institution and, uh, you know, being a part of the UAA where, you know, we play eight schools and we're all located in eight different cities. And, and so um, there's a quite a bit of, uh, of travel and I think, you know, might get some expo- exposure through that. And, and, you know, we, we uh, kind of catch the eyes of, of some um, players in, in those cities that we play, but I, I would say, yeah, we, we, tend to recruit about half our roster is, is nationally based. Um, um, getting kids from California, Texas, uh, Florida, Ohio, um, all, all parts of the U S and then I'd say the other half is, is pretty local. Um, there's a lot of great soccer up here in new England. And so, um, we try to tap into that, but I think being a, a private school, we, we have to kind of extend ourselves a little bit in different parts of the country. And, you know, I think being a part of the UA helps with that. Um, and you know, trying to get our name out there and tap into little uh, parts of, of the country that, that know about Brandeis and, and you know, want to want a high education in, in the New England area. Yeah. So, Mary, maybe um, tell the audience, for those of us who don't know, um, what the UAA is. So the University Athletic Association is um, a Division three conference, and um, it uh, it's based around eight elite academic schools um, in eight different cities. So you've got um, schools in 
U Chicago, Wash U in St. Louis, uh, University of Rochester, Case Western in Cleveland, um, Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, Emory, um, which Jamie mentioned down in Atlanta, um, NYU, um, and hopefully I'm not leaving anybody out, uh, just going through the list of schools. Um, and then we have ourselves Brandeis up here just outside of Boston, but a uh, really, really cool conference to be a part of. Uh, we get to travel to, you know, three of those schools and then the other four will come to us this fall. Um, so excited, uh, excited about the travel piece. I think that's kind of what separates us from other division three conferences. Um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's got its pros, it's got its cons, and you, you got to find the kids that, or the young women that, that are interested in, in that type of travel and, and getting themselves out there like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Jamie. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, we're, our conference is kind of like the UAA, but not really. Because <laughs> uh, we're in the coast to coast. So um, we have teams all across the country, but not, we don't actually play them until a conference tournament. So the UAA decided to use their AQ in that that way which i think is really awesome where you actually do get to see those teams and travel to those areas um see different parts of the country you know every year um and i wanted to ask you mary about that like with with the travel piece and like how do your kids um kind of manage that workload because i would imagine it's pretty difficult getting on a plane you know every other weekend or whatever it may be um with that yeah, a lot of planning, Jamie. Yeah. Um, and I think oh, that I can planning, imagine. yeah, I think that planning starts like back in in the spring with with registering for their classes and making sure that you know they're they're you know picking classes that are balanced course load. Um, and and I think here at Brandeis, we're we're really lucky. Our, our faculty and staff are are very supportive of our players traveling. Um, and then our athletic director also, you know, provides a letter to our, our students that they give to their professors, letting them know that there's there's some missed class days. So we kind of jump ahead of things and and make sure that their professors are aware of which days they're missing and you know what work they might need to catch up on. Um, there's a lot of planning around like proctoring exams and quizzes, and so we we really have to stay on top of things. Um, and, and, you know, our players do a really great job of that. I think I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that they're pretty uh, driven and, and take care of most of that on their own. Um, do we run into a few conflicts? Yes. Um, but, you know, our, our athletics department and our, you know, faculty and staff work pretty closely to, to manage those conflicts. But um, it, it's it's challenging, but it's, it's manageable. Um, and that's just something that we do talk about in the recruiting process is we have to be organized with our schedule and when we're leaving, when we're coming back. Um, I will say like, you know, the travel is amazing because you get to, you know, you know, Jamie, I'm sure you, you've seen this with your players when they're on the plane or when they're in the airport. There's these like genuine connections that happen and that you don't always have when they're just on campus living their day to day lives. Um, so that piece is really cool. But then on the flip side of that, there's also getting back from a trip really late at night and, you know, having to go to class the next morning. So it's a lot of conversations about, you know, taking care of ourselves, being smart, planning ahead and, and being smart about our schedules. Yeah, I love I love the traveling because it's, it's cool. just you and the team. It's just, it's just like you're there's so many connections or deeper yeah. connections being made. Um, so we try to travel somewhere a little further every year. Yeah. So like we're going up to Columbus this year. So. Nice. Who you guys got? Who who are you uh, playing out out of Capital and Ohio Northern. Nice. Yeah, it should be a great weekend. Um, You know, we've been down to San Antonio and Texas, gone down to Emory, been to Chicago, 
Uh, went out to Santa Cruz a couple of years ago, so been up to New York once. So we try to, again, show a different part of the country to the team. And again, I think, again, tra- like you mentioned, travel with the team is it's huge because they're all together and it's just them and they get to kind of do their own little thing. And then from like the coaching standpoint too, they get to see like the other side of Mary or like not the other side, but like another side of Mary where it's like, oh, this, she's a human being who travels too. Like it's, it's just fun to to get to see them in a different environment. And like you said, different cities, different, different, you know, places, different food. It just, it opens their eyes to other opportunities and, and places to be. Get to see with the neck pillow. You know, and everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't bring them on those trips, uh, but I try to try to keep my cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so real quick, um, introduce you guys. So today we have back uh, Jamie Gunderson, who is the head women's coach at Christopher Newport University down in Newport News, Virginia. Um, <clears throat> been there. How long have you been there now, Jamie? Like assistant. This is actually my head. 12th season, which is crazy to think about. Wow. So, yeah, it's crazy. I was just talking with my mom the other day about this. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Tell me about it. Um, And then we also have uh, Mary Shimko, who is the head women's coach at Brandeis University, like she set up uh, near Boston. Um, And you are also a graduate of Brandeis, correct? Um, Yeah, I'm I'm an alum of the program. And um, yeah, so... Feeling, feeling like uh, I'm at home here. Yeah, so maybe talk about your recruiting story, and um, you're still on the younger side of well, me for sure, Jamie as well. But uh, you know, so it's it's more recent, um, and you know, talk about what it was like to choose Brandeis and what you know that whole deal. Yeah, I um, it's I know it's. I'm getting up there, you guys. You know, don't <laughs> let me tell you. Um, it's been a while. No, so I, you know, grew up Cleveland, Ohio. Um, had some family on the East Coast. Knew I wanted to, you know, go to a high academic school. Wanted to play soccer, um, and wanted to be near some family out here. And um, you know, wasn't sure what level, um, but I was open to all levels of, of playing division one, two, and three. And, um, I actually went to a camp out at, I think it was at Deerfield Academy. It was like a Nike ID camp where a bunch of college coaches were there and, um, had the opportunity to play in front of the assistant at the time, um, connected really well with her and, um, you know, was learning a little bit about Brandeis through my, my time at camp. And, um, after the camp, she said, Hey, Mary, we're, we'd love to, we'd love to set up a visit for you. And I had been up in this area before visiting schools and campuses and, um, hadn't been to Brandeis. So, um, after the camp was over, uh, you know, came back in the fall and did an unofficial visit and just met the team, attended a class, met with the coaching staff and, um, you know, the location was awesome. The academics were a great fit. Um, the, you know, the conference was really cool. An awesome concept to me it was like a mix between both division one and division three. And so that, that was a really, you know, attractive piece for me. And then, you know, I met the team and I always say like, people will ask me, Mary, like, what made you choose Brandeis? And, um, it was a little moment for me, like after the visit, my mom and I just kind of walked around campus, just continued to explore and, um, got lost 
And like, we clearly did not know where to go. And I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And <laughs> two players on the team actually like noticed that we were like nowhere near our car. And they just like came up to my mom and I and, and walked me down, walked us both down to the field. And and for me that like the, the conversations we had on the way down to the car and like just their perspective of the school and just how they treated us. I was like, these are the type of people I want to be around. So, um, you know, it, it hit all of those pieces where academics, location, Location, um, you know, like just people. It, it was it was all of the things just kind of came together, and um, I knew that's where I wanted to be. And and you know, the people have been what's brought me back here and have kept me here. It's it's a really special place in, in my eyes. I'm a little biased, but um, <laughs> I really really enjoy this this environment. Yeah. So how did you? So okay, that makes sense. I was going to say. So how did you end up? you know, settling on Brandeis, but it sounds like they kind of settled it for you by just, you know, being great to you and, and, and all that. Um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I had a ton of conversations with the coaches and, um, you know, I think they were really clear about the process at the time, you know, Denise was, was, uh, she wound up being here for 40 years. And so I knew she was a, a legendary coach and, and wanted to make things happen here. So the soccer piece was, was huge as well. Um, and when I had come for my visit and after the visit was over, they had said, Hey, you know, academically you're a fit, you know, if you uh, apply early decision, would you be willing to commit? And, you know, I said, absolutely. So, um, I applied early decision and, and that was, that was the end of it, but I had been looking at other schools, just nothing really felt quite right. Like it did here at Brandeis. Um, so maybe talk about like a, the cultural fit and you know, obviously it's a unique place. I mean, there's high academic standards and you have, a, you know, a, a large geographic conference that, you know, you have to make sure that the the athletes that you bring in there can fit, or can check all those boxes of being able to handle the workload, um, handle the athletic piece of it. You know, it's, it's not easy being away all the time. You know, it, it definitely can wear on you. So maybe talk about, you know, evaluating that and, and, you know, finding the right kids to, to be in your program. Yeah. And I, I think I, I learned at, at a young age and while I was going through my, like my own recruiting experience here at Brandeis was that like, yes, the talent matters, but just as importantly, the, the character matters as well and making sure that you're bringing in the right people, not just the right players. Um, so I, I learned that at a, at a young age from, from Denise and, and have carried that through. Um, I think in terms of like evaluating players and seeing if they can, you know, fit our program, you know, I still spend a lot of time on the human component piece, the character piece, but I think in terms of like the balancing, the soccer, the academics, the, the, uh, the travel, um, you know, the club world these days, like these kids are traveling all over the, the country, um, almost like every other weekend. And, sometimes I'm like, how do they do it? Like once they get to college, like their lives are going to be so much easier. Um, you know, some of these kids are missing weeks of, of school throughout the year. So 
you know, my perspective is, you know, if you're able to manage that club schedule and you're still doing well in, in all of your classes in high school, you're taking a challenging course load, um, you know, you're playing competitive teams throughout the country that when you get here to Brandeis, you know, at the end of your school day, you're walking down to practice. You're not driving an hour and a half to club and you're, you know, you're, you're here, you're on campus, you have the resources, you have the support. Um, yes, there's, there's that tough travel on the weekends. Um, but I think that the, the players and the people that we bring in, um, we're really clear about that travel and that, um, you know, that commitment that it takes. And, you know, usually they're, they're, pretty used to it based on what what's going on in this this club world and that we're that we're currently dealing with yeah yeah maybe you guys can get into that a little bit you know how much it's changed and and you know the club world and you know kind of pros and cons and and that sort of thing i I don't know if that's really a question you know just kind of something to talk about (laughs) there there are a ton of pros to it i think i mean with the club world and you know, you maybe are getting better matchups with with players and putting them in envir- more competitive environments. Um, as Mary was saying, it's like we go through the same process with the recruiting. It's like they're going through those hard days, long hours, and they're still getting good grades. I mean, they're gonna be okay. Like they're gonna figure. They're figuring it out already. They don't realize they may be doing those things right now, but it's gonna prepare them for the next steps. Um, I don't have a better solution for the club world, but here we are. And so, like for us as coaches and recruiting, that's the dynamic we're put in, and for the environment that we're put in. So you know, we just figure out a way to utilize it. Um, yeah, I mean, the travel piece. Again, that does prepare them for the next steps because college there again, especially UAA or you go to a school that does have a lot of travel. You're gonna have to be used to studying in a car or in a bus, or you know, when you're in an airport waiting for your layover. Are you utilizing that time and how you're managing it? Um, does come into play. So I know the club is kind of nationwide now or national scene. It, it does a lot of good things for the student athlete because, again, they're going to be doing that the next steps in, in, in college, depending on where they go kind of thing. <clears throat> I, I'm trying to think of some cons, and, and, you know, I think Jamie touched on a lot of the positives, and I think positives probably outweigh the cons. But, you know, the club world, you know, they're playing – games usually back to back and like they're not getting the recovery they're not getting the you know probably the extra support that maybe we have here at at the college level whether that's you know nutritionists like mental health counselors things that can help support our students along the way because it is it is stressful to be you know pushing yourself academically athletically so you know hopefully they they get to this college level and and you know they're playing for programs that that have some support for them to help help manage all of the things that they're you know trying to balance um but but yeah the club world is it has its pros it has its cons um right i could i could go deeper but i won't go too deep (laughs) well i don't know why you wouldn't I mean, that's, I don't know. It's, um, it just seems for me, I guess it's, uh, I don't know. What do I know? Never mind. Um, I, I, I'll keep my opinion to myself, but, um, I guess the big problem is that we have a giant country that 
we're trying to it's, that that makes it a really challenging the, aspect to the it. geographics is the big problem yeah. Yeah. Um, mary you mentioned um you know mental health um which i think is is an important topic it's a it's a you know a current topic and um maybe talk about you know you have young women student athletes that are coming you met you know said from all over the country you know freshmen might be a little homesick um and you know maybe they get there and you know if you go to a school like brandeis or christopher newport um they're high achievers they've done well up to this point in their lives and um how how are they how are they being coached to cope i guess with you know not being the best player or maybe getting a B or, or something like that, you know, where they're having to deal with a, with a setback. Um, and, and, uh, you know, maybe talk about in college, how that works and what resources there are and that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I think that the landscape of college coaching has been changing and to some extent has to change. Um, you know, we're, we're dealing with student athletes, you know, Technically, I, I was doing a coaching course and um, someone mentioned that this is one of the loneliest generations that um, that we're coaching right now um, because of technology, because of their, the pandemic and what they've experienced. And um, so I think the coaching coaches have had to shift their their the way they coach, how they coach their perspectives. And so um, I think it's, you know, making sure that we're we're approaching our, our players and our, our programs with a holistic approach, meaning, you know, we're not just looking at them as an X and an O, but as, as a person with, uh, with a lot of, um, passion, hard work, dedication, you know, they're high achievers, like you said. So I think, you know, we, we as coaches have to do a better job of, of getting to know our athletes, figuring out what their needs are, what makes them tick, what helps them, what, what hurts them. Um, so I think that's, that's a huge part of, of what we do here to try and support them. And, you know, understanding that like, hey, they're going to be homesick, and we have to be there to support them. So, um, you know, one thing that, we're very fortunate uh, here at Brandis. We have a, a community therapist that works with our program um, and works with all of our programs. And so um, just a, a resource that's in our athletic department that, you know, people can, um, you know, meet with individually or we can have her work with our team collectively. So, you know, really tapping into the, what the school has to offer is, is really important to me. Um, and like I said, getting to know the student athletes on a more individual level and figuring out how, how they are coming in and, and what to expect coming in and, you know, figure out how to support them, you know, while they're making that, that big transition. And I think simply like just understanding as well, like understanding that they're, you know, sleeping in a new bed, eating new food, surrounded by new people. I think coaches have to do a better job of understanding who these people are and what they're going through, especially after what they've already been through as, as high school students and um, grown up with. Yeah. Jamie, you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, it's a challenge, right? Like when you get into the next level, the pond becomes smaller and smaller, the pool becomes smaller and smaller. So you're putting the best kids from your club team in this other environment. So I agree with Mary that again, it's, it's a lot of relationships informing those relationships with your players just to know how they tick and what motivates them, what drives them, how they handle the adversity and how do you manage that part of it? 
Um, so for me, like, any t- I have an open door policy, completely open. Anybody can come in and talk about anything with me and my assistant, Sean. Um, but I usually start the meetings off with, how's your day? How was classes? How was how is how's your family? Like how's your brother or sister? Like things like that. How's your dog or something? You know, like those simple things. So they start to get you know. It's not just like you need to do this on the field. It's I have this connection with them and I know a little bit more about them and it's and then they start to feel a little bit more comfortable. So then when things maybe do get a little bit tougher and they're struggling a little bit more they are comfortable enough to come share that with me because I, I think that's a big component in it is that when people are struggling, they need an outlet. Otherwise it's just going to boil up and eat, eat at them. And you can tell, like you can read people and it's like something's not right until they share. Then, then you can really dissect it or point it in the right direction of a counselor or a sports psychologist or Maybe it is going to see the doctor that we have on campus, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I mean, that. I think Mary hit, hit it on the head. Is it, It's not just a transactional environment now. It's, it's evolving into more of a, um, again, relationships and connections with the addition of soccer. <laughs> um, so I, I think, I think that it is changing um, and it's just – managing it a little bit different I, you know you can still there's a balance to it for sure because yeah. you still have to have those expectations and standards because you know mary's really competitive i'm really competitive like you know we want to win like that's why we're doing this and we're at great universities that have the resources in the environment that set you up to do that so you know we're not just pumping the brakes just to put off like to stop from doing what we want to do as a program but there is a balance to it and i think it is comes with just caring and understanding and supportive almost in love too you know um so i think i agree with with, what mary said yeah um i guess you know mary when you have a, a a student athlete in your office and they're a recruit um how are you how are you identifying the characteristics that you think will be successful you know within someone that indicates they'll be successful at Brandeis and within your program um again because it's you know it's it's multifaceted for sure there you know it's um there's so much to overcome to be successful at Brandeis yeah that's that's a really good question um you know, there's, there's certain questions I, I like to ask, um, you know, why do you want to play college soccer? I think, you know, that's an important mm-hmm. question to ask. And sometimes you learn a lot about a player by their response, you know, some, you know, want to do it just because they want to say they play college soccer. The others, you know, want to continue this like competitive drive. And I think there are certain things that, that, you know, I, I try to listen to when, when they respond to that question or respond to the questions that I ask. Um, you know, I, I watch how they interact with their family um, when they're on their visit. I think that's a, a huge part of of that, um, you know, of that visit and figuring out how they, you know, communicate or, you know, their body language. Um, I really look at those little things to see, you know, what is it going to be like when, you know, it's just, 
the player and myself and, and, and I'm, I'm that person delivering them the, the, the harder news or something that might challenge them and, you know, how will they respond? And so I, I look at those types of characteristics. Um, you know, I pay attention to the questions they ask and how much research they've done about our program and the university. Um, you know, I also try to see if like I have a connection with them. Yes. I want to bring in really talented players, but if I can't connect with the player and, you know, I don't feel like they, they, you know, understand what, we're about here, then, you know, that, that makes me, you know, question if they'll be the right fit. So um, there's a lot of things throughout their time on campus that I, I pay attention to, um, you know, and I also recognize they're 18 or sorry, 16 to 17 year olds, and they're not going to be perfect. And they're gonna, you know, lean on their, their parents a little bit and um, that they're, they might say some things that they, you know, might not want to have said, but, you know, so I get, I, I, I try to see them as human beings and that they're not perfect, but I also do pay attention to some of the other things that, you know, I could see, you know, proposing a, an issue down the line. If that makes yeah. sense. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm Absolutely. rambling I mean, here. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I like when a recruit sits in my office and honestly, like some have in a notepad, what questions they want to ask. I'd rather have that than them say, I don't have any questions. Right. So it's just like, you've done your homework on us. It also gives me like a little bit more of who you are as a person too. Like you really care about this. Yeah. And, and you've, you know, you're, you're in this and you want to do this versus so again, I have a lot of recruits come on campus. We have visits and I sit down and we're like, okay, well, here's campus. Like, what do you think? It's just like a mute or they don't know what to say, which is fine. But then you go, well, what questions do you have? And then it's like, I don't have any questions. <laughs> have something, you yeah. know, like just something simple. And then we can build off of that. But I, I'm with you. It's like there has to be some sort of like feeling to it from both ends. Um, and, and again, the little things like you mentioned, seeing how they react to their parents and talk with them, it's huge. Are they on their phone the entire time or whatever? Like that, that kills me. Yeah. It's like, enjoy this experience because a lot of people don't get it. And um, some, some may take advantage of it kind of thing. So, Jamie, how do you like, Scott, is it okay if I ask some questions? Absolutely not. No, like, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Jamie, how do you feel about like having parents be a part of the meeting? Because I, I think I've shifted in that kind of realm. Um, um, I'm okay with it. I think early on for sure, so they can hear like the good, like what we talk about and what CMU's about, so they can kind of get an understanding of it. Um, I do, you know, I do have. Some, there's been parents, and you've probably had this too, that they're they're asking all the questions yeah and i'm like it's not your process yeah. you know like let your your daughter handle this and you can help them but try to take a step back i know you're doing it out of like love but you're not coming to play soccer for me unfortunately you know it's like it's your daughter that's coming to play for me so i i have them in my meetings i i see like both sides of it of not having them and just having the, the daughter there but um yeah so that way they maybe the daughter doesn't get overwhelmed with just information because it is those those visits and i'm sure with your visits are you know if you're having somebody from california or from texas come to your campus you're having an extensive day with a lot of information where 
with us, Virginia, we can have them down two or three times before they actually get an offer and commit kind of thing. So they may hear that information a couple times. So I I can see both sides to it for sure. Um, I I really like having my players meet with the kids or or with the recruits and have them go to lunch and or stay the night with them. And then my players come back and it's like, I didn't really like her or they they really loved her. You know, like that, that really hits home with me because if they don't if they are like uh, i don't know about this one it's like then i have to do more homework to make sure if it is a right fit or maybe they're they're, they're pretty spot on which is which is great because i think we've built this culture to where it is now that it's in a really good place so i really trust them whereas you know maybe when we first got here it's like we're trying to form this culture and trying to build it to what it is and now again 12th season in it's it is what we want it to be and um so i really value and trust my players too and that and that i feel the same and and you brought up a good point about like usually like when they come to campus from across the country it's that one time that they're coming so um that's a that's a really good point but yeah I've, i've been starting to lean more towards having having the parents involved just because it is, a, you know, it is a stressful process. Like that's why we're doing this call today. So having a little bit of extra support, but, and I think, you know, you, you do get to see those little moments of how they respond to their parents. You know, are they rolling their eyes? Are they like, laughing at them stop or something. Talking? <laughs> yeah. Like you, you, I think you learn a lot about a, a player through those little, you know, uncomfortable moments. So um, it's, it's been, a shift in kind of my my process and um, experience, but I, I love what you said about having your players involved and, and trusting them. I think they they have such a good pulse of what what the program needs in terms of moving forward. So um, they've been a, a big part of my process and and you know moving forward with players. Yeah, I mean, both of you guys have strong like a strong culture within your programs. I mean, Mary, you came on the tail of you're the second coach at Brandeis, right? Isn't that, yeah. I think I read that. I mean, so talk about a culture. I mean, obviously you're going to do some things in, in, you know, based off of your personality, but a lot of it is, is from a strong 40 year old culture that um, you're building on. And Jamie, I mean, you've won a national championship. You've got a culture there. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's all about identifying, young women who are a fit for that. You need everybody rowing in the same direction, I guess. Um, but I would go back to, you know, the parent, the meetings where there are parents present and kids and like, Mary, I, you said something that triggered something for me where kids are, they're, they're scared to not be perfect. And, mm-hmm. you know, when they're sitting there with, a coach who has something, you know, a, a say in their future. They don't want to make mistakes. They don't want to not be perfect. And, you know, I wonder what your guys take is on being imperfect and making mistakes and being, you know, Jamie, we've talked about this, being vulnerable um, and, and not, and, and being okay with screwing up a little bit, you know, even in front of, you know, people who hold their future in their hand, in their hands, you know, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe just talk about how it's okay. I think it's probably okay with both of you to to make some mistakes here and there. Yeah, no, I think 
it's something we talk a lot about and especially at the, it, throughout the recruiting process and with our current team um, is that it's okay to not be perfect. And that's not what our culture is about. Our, our culture is about improving 1% every day in anything that we do, whether that's on the field, in the classroom, in the community. And what I like about that statement is that it's, you don't have to show up and be perfect every day. You just have to show up with the mentality of just getting a little bit better. And you only get better by making mistakes. We only learn and like, Jamie, I'm sure you can you can speak a lot more to this. Like, you know, when you're when you're trying to win a national championship, you got to learn from your failures. You got to learn from your mistakes. Um, and if you're not doing that, like, I, I don't think you, you, you get to that point. Um, so that that's something we really try to emphasize. And, and same thing in the process. Like one of the first conversations I have with, you know, recruits is, hey, you know, you're you know, you, you played well, like there's no such thing as a perfect game. These are the things you did well. These are the things I could see you doing better. Um, and, and you know, we're not chasing perfection here. We're chasing the mentality to just get better every day. And so, um, you know, that's kind of how I, I, I start the process and, you know, try to continue that throughout their, their four years here at Brandeis. But it is really hard to, you know, ingrain that into student athletes. Like I, I, you know, we can say it and I can say it every day, but you know, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen overnight. So, you know, we still have plenty of players who are, who are really hard on themselves because they, they aren't, you know, the perfect student, the perfect player, the perfect person. And so it's just trying to, you know, in our roles, figure out how we can say that that's okay. And I think one way I try to do that is by showing you know, them, I'm a real human and that I make mistakes. Like, you know, when I'm typing out an email, like I make mistakes, you know, when I, you know, I'm coaching a session and maybe it wasn't as perfectly as I wanted it to be. I, you know, I, I try to show them, Hey, like that, I, I'm not perfect. There are things that could have been better in that session. And I promise tomorrow that'll, that'll be different. And so, um, you know, just showing them that we're, we're humans, we make mistakes, but it's hard, man. Like it is hard to show them you don't have to be perfect in everything that you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's what i preach as well as again it's i talk about the reaction to a mistake a lot and mm -hmm. i'm curious to see when a mistake happens how does a player respond to that mistake because that's a tell sign of who they are you know like if they lose a bat like lose the ball or make a bad pass or you know you know if an attacker tries to move and it doesn't work do they just stop do they like recovered you know those kind of things um is what i always preach to the to the team and it's just like you're gonna make like you said you're the only way you're gonna learn is if you make mistakes and that's being uncomfortable and doing something that's again gonna be again hard but when you make those decisions to be that you're gonna be really hard to stop once you start to perfect those moments um but yeah so i mean Again, I make mistakes all the time. My team grills me if I misspell a word or something in the group me. They they hate when I put a period in the group me, like when I'm texting or something. They're like, why did you put the period? Like it, it's stuff like that. So it's it's funny. They just like call out smaller things. Like they know that something happened and, and I just own up to it. It's like, yeah, like I made a mistake. And so it's it's showing them again that we're not perfect either. I think is, is real in that we're like a human. Things happen. So, um, kind of, you know, having an even field with them and, you know, I think is a really good thing. 
Yeah, I would say like don't let one mistake turn into two mistakes. Like I let Jamie, I like what you said about body language. Like, you know, you're gonna make a mistake in the game. Like you're gonna make a mispass or you know, miss a goal scoring opportunity, but don't let one mistake turn into two mistakes. Like dropping your head would be that second mistake, right? Like and then your your opponent gets by you and beats you. Like that's that's where, you know, I I try to step in and say, hey, that that's where we can grow as a human. We can grow as a person is not letting those um, in, imperfect moments, you know, disrupt you as a as a player and as a person. Yeah, I love the saying playing with pride. You know, it's like if you make a mistake, don't like you said, don't let it turn into two mistakes. And, and I don't know where I heard that. It might have actually been Brendan Rogers, but where I first heard it. But I hate to admit that. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's such a good way, just a good attitude of you know, kind of that translates, transcends into other parts of your life as well. So um, yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about parents, um, Mary. I'm I'm interested in your take on. You know, you talked about how. There, it sounded like there was a phase where you didn't really let or you didn't really want parents within meetings. You really wanted to connect with the player. Um, what made you kind of set, you know, rethink that? And, you know, what are your thoughts on the parents role in um, in the process? Yeah, I, I would say that like really shifted about it at, like a year or so ago for me, like noticing the little moments in, in the meetings with parents, I felt like it, it did show a lot for me and it was a, a helpful kind of way to assess character and, and um, in those moments. But, you know, I, I did this coaching course with United Soccer Coaches and they brought in somebody who talked about the involvement of parents and, and how it does help the process and, and it provides those players support and then also you know allows us to see those interactions um and also allows us to ask them some questions and and for me that shifted things i I have started to ask some parents some questions and, and one of my favorite questions to ask is what do you want this you know experience to look like for for your daughter you know if she were to come play at, at, you know, play here, or, you know, what are you looking for in an in, in experience for your daughter? And I feel like asking them those questions and hearing that response is so um, impactful, because if they're, you know, responding with, hey, I want my kid to, to go out and step on that field and play, you know, 90 minutes, like that, that might not be the best fit, right? Because I, I, I don't promise starting spots. I don't promise playing time in the recruiting process. Everything is earned. And so just hearing, you know, some some parents respond with like, you know, I just want my daughter to be happy. I just want them to enjoy, you know, get a good education, enjoy, um, you know, playing the game that they love and, and getting the ability to compete. Like those things for me, like those stand out. And, you know, when, when I hear a response like that, I usually know, hey, the kid, has has you know experienced some good values in their life um i don't base my soul recruiting process on the parent player interaction don't get me wrong like it's not like the most important piece but i think it's a part of the piece or part of the the, the pie that can can help a little bit um predict what you you know the future entails for this athlete and i would say nine times out of ten like parents usually do respond in such a great way like hey i want my my daughter to be a part of a program where she's going to be supported and cared for and, and like our values align. And I think like that for me is like, wow, I'm recruiting a kid who, yeah, has some really great parents and 
you know, our values are, are going to align in that in that piece. And then I get to ask that same question to the player and hear their hear their perspective. And so I think having that kind of contrast and having them hear what their parents say, having, you know, the parent hear what their kids say, like, I don't know if they've always had if they've ever had that conversation before. So that's, that's why I like having the parents involved. Um, I will say, Sometimes, you know, the reason why I asked Jamie is because, you know, when the parent does continue to talk and doesn't let their kid take over the process, I, I struggle with those uncomfortable moments being like, hey, am I going to learn what about the kid? Am I going to hear the kid? Am I going to hear this perspective? And sometimes I don't. And that's that's the challenge where I, you know, I experience that struggle. Yeah, that's a uh, it's hard uh, as a parent. Um to kind of, I learned that I was scared. Like I was scared to let my kid, like, well, two, I have two kids, but specifically in this process, like um, navigate on his own. And um, I realized fortunately for him and for our relationship (laughs) that it's important. It's so important to just let them, you know, manage it. And if they have questions to that, you know, that's when you, that's when you get involved is when they have questions and and may need a little help. But um, yeah, it's so important for them to, to grow up in that, in that situation. So um, yeah. But not uh, every kid does, not every parent kid has a a healthy, you know, parental have like parents that have a healthy relationship or have a healthy relationship with their parents. So like I do, I think it's hard, like, you know, and that's why I say it's only a part of the puzzle, not like a, a major piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah. Cause I think it is hard. And I think some kids don't know how to navigate this process and it's hard. And having a parent there is like, you know, it's so important because they can help them navigate that a bit. So yeah. it's, it's like, it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes it's yeah. amazing to have a parent there sometimes it's like ah like i just want to hear i just want to hear what they have to say um yeah and and, you know the role of a parent should i guess for me anyway primarily would be to be a cheerleader and to you know be that comfort and love spot rather than you know they they have so much soccer elsewhere in their lives that it's just a matter of being a comfort zone for them so um Jamie, you have anything to add? No, I think that he has covered that. I mean, I again, I, I always, when I have a recruiter in my office, uh, especially if it's their first kind of visit kind of thing that they're going through, I always try to just give a little advice to them with the process to try to make them a little bit more comfortable with it because it is a big decision in, in their life. Um, probably the biggest, and I don't, want to put more stress on the, the fact of it but it, it probably is the biggest decision they had to make in their life going forward now is where they're going to go for the next four years and so you know i try to again answer any questions about the recruiting process they may have because it might be the first time they've gone through it it may be their first you know daughter going through this process and the parent has no idea i know each kind of clubs may have a college director to help but sometimes they need more and um i try to navigate that as best i can with them and so just some parents ask what do i need to be asking what do we need to be doing and um most of the time they're in the right 
place. You know, they're asking the right questions. They're they're doing the right things, but it's just an unknown kind of thing. Um, so that I I think again having the parent in that too helps just to you know set them at ease a little bit, and even the recruit too to be like you're doing the right things. You've had a phone call, like you're now like starting to narrow your list down to whatever it is, and you're going to visit your schools. You're doing the right things, um, and so that's kind of how I kind of help navigate that because we probably hit recruits pretty early in that respect just because of the nature of the Virginia schools and again our pool is a little bit smaller so we can kind of start the process kind of a little bit earlier than maybe a typical timeline but um so sometimes we do have recruits on campus that it is their first ever visit to a school and being sitting in a room with a coach so that happens pretty frequently here um, Mary, you, when you were talking about going through your recruiting process, you talked about your visit at Brandeis and like, it seemed like there was kind of a moment where you realized you were in the right spot. Um, you know, when the two players came in and talked to you and your mom and, um, do you think that most kids, it's probably not the right way to ask, but do you think that everyone can get to that moment or uh, you know, how do they kind of, I don't know that there's a right answer to this. So I'm just kind of throwing this out there. Um, you know, there's, can everybody have that kind of moment in their recruiting process? Because, uh, you know, we've talked a ton about the transfer portal on here and how there's, you know, there's student athletes who end up in that because they made not quite the right decision initially. Um, so is, do you think that there's a moment that they should keep looking for you know, if they're talking to Jamie for six months and they've never really had that moment, you know, maybe they're just looking for something different. And you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. You know, I think with my process, I guess my answer to that would be, I don't think you have to have this like special moment. And, and you know, that moment for me was, I think, a culmination of everything kind of being like, all right, this, this just makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it hit every like the program, the university, the location, it hit all of the things that were important to me. Um, and so I think as long as it, you know, checks the boxes that are most important to you, then you you can find the right fit. I don't necessarily think you have to have this huge aha moment, but you know, as you build a relationship with a program, a university, a coaching staff, you start to create a culmination of all these things. And you're like, yeah, this is, this is getting to the point where, yeah, I, I can feel like I can be successful here. So, you know, if, if Jamie has a player that, that, you know, doesn't have that aha moment, but, you know, knows that the school offers the right major, that, you know, it fits their family's budget, that it's in the, the right part of um, the country that they want to go to school in, and that, you know, socially they connect with people on, on campus. Like, those are the things that, you know, are stable and are going to maintain the same. And then you add the coaching piece and the soccer piece to it. You know, you, you have 
you know, then you have a recipe of, hey, this this can really work for me, right? Like I connect with Jamie, we can build a relationship with with each other. You know, I might not have an aha moment, but I know that, you know, all of these things check off my box and that I have somebody that I can play for that can help me improve as not only a player, but a person, then then I think you've, you've found a good home. Um, you know, I think it's we, we keep saying it's a, a stressful process so and and they're 18 you know 18 years old like it's a big decision so i think if you're trying to wait for that aha moment you might you might miss out on something really great so um i don't know if that answers your question scott but i think you know yes the aha moment's important but also making sure that you know, the the school and the program checks off all of those boxes so that if soccer wasn't there, like, a, you know, someone always says like the broken leg test, like that you can still be happy there. Right. And so I think that's what's most important in this process. Not so much, hey, this is the, you know, it felt right in my gut that this is the place I should be because your your gut can change that, you know, your things can change, a, a team can change, a staff can change. So you really want to make sure that it, it hits all of the components and, and meets not only your family needs, but your needs as well. Yeah. Jamie? For sure. I mean, I'm echoing what Mary's saying. It's, yeah. yeah, I always, I say to recruits, it, it, say you have 10 boxes to check in your list. If it checks nine, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, again, I don't know if you're going to have that aha moment all the time or leave the place, but you're going to leave a place kind of knowing, like, I can see myself there. And do you see yourself there without playing a sport? It may not, you know, if you're playing soccer, it's without playing soccer. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I kind of preach to. Yeah. Yeah, it's – it's um it's remarkable that every conversation I've had on this podcast, every coach has said, you know, pass the broken leg test, like you said. I mean, no one leads with make sure the soccer is right. You know, everyone talks about make sure that the college is right. You know, every it checks all the boxes for you. Um, and that requires some homework on the front end, right? So that you know that if you want to be an engineer, that in I don't think Christopher Newport has engineering. Senior, but... Well, we have computer engineering and electrical <laughs> yeah. engineering master programs. But yeah. if you're an engineer, yeah. not the place for you. If you want to be a nurse, not the best fit for you. So, right. so yeah, know that I mean, going in, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. That's, that's a huge part of your decision-making process. Um, so, yeah. Um, what else, guys? What else can we uh, can kind of tap into here? Anything? Uh, what about going into preseason? So uh, when do you guys start? Is it tomorrow? Uh, I start Thursday. We start Thursday. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Our players move in on Friday, and then first session is Saturday morning. So, okay. Is that uh, a school thing or, uh, or UAE kind of thing? When is uh, your first match? Our first match is September 1. So it's not a UAA brand. That's like our, our start date from Brandeis. So, okay. um, do you start class that Monday on the – we start class the thirty first, so we okay. we've got some so, time before before they head uh head back. Gotcha. Um, we're doing our first ever preseason trip, so oh cool. Um, we're going up to we're going up to Vermont for uh four days, which we've never done as a team, and just gonna go up to it's like a ski resort and just train on the grass and play some soccer, maybe do a little hiking. Not sure yet. Um, 
go to a water park, have some fun, you know, enjoy, enjoy being a team and, you know, being, being off campus together as a group, I think could be really cool for us uh, to kick off the season. That's cool. Yeah. I've seen that more and more. Like um, I saw a team, uh, Hood College, the men's team, they went to Costa Rica preseason. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. I want to, I want to do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, an international trip would be the dream. Uh, I yeah. think that what a what a cool experience to take your players like to a different country, experience new cultures. But I did that I think six years ago. We you did a preseason Scotland. trip, or yeah, did we, spring season. Yeah. Right How was it, Jamie? Pre-season. It was it was great. Uh, it <clears throat> it was a challenge to be honest at the end because you know me and uh, the head coach at the time. Were we're really competitive. We want it to be soccer, soccer, soccer. I think if I were to do another one, it would be a little bit like lighter on the soccer, more about the experience and just, um, you know, doing more activities with the team that are not soccer related. Um, because when we got back, there was like two or three days or oh gosh, I can't remember. Maybe, maybe it was almost a week before we started preseason. So they were like kind of exhausted from the trip. Mm. didn't do it much for that week and then we start preseason then we hit the ground it was just in theory it seems like a good idea but for me after going through it and seeing how the team reacted to it yeah i would change a little bit of like how much soccer we actually did it was awesome we went to you know went to a celtics match um we went uh, we saw west brom play uh, portmouth it was it was good times that's really cool, cool. yeah yeah, so you guys still get, like, at what point does, like, the summer end for you guys and you, like, get really excited about kids being back on campus and, you know, your preseason starting and and that first, you know, kick of the ball, so to speak, you know, when, when the kids are back and your season's rolling? Yeah. Well, I, I just got married, so I I would say right after my honeymoon is like right when I, you know, I, I was back into it. Um, I, I did like make sure I disconnected and enjoyed that part of my, my life for a bit. Um, but I would say like beginning of August, like I actually just texted my captains today. I was like, it is too quiet on campus. Like the anticipation and like just like the, the yeah, there's like this this quiet, like before the storm and I'm just like I'm ready I'm ready for it to to get going so um I'd say like the first first week of August as you see like the D1 schools get back to it you're like all right I'm ready let's let's get this ball rolling let's have some fun um yeah. so but still yeah. have some planning to do so I'm like all right I, I like that we have like a couple of extra weeks to to get after it but yeah. um, I will say like seeing seeing those those folks get into it I'm like all right I'm ready yeah, yeah, for sure. Jamie, you were coaching all summer, weren't you? Yeah, it was awesome because we made it the first. We went to the national championship, so it was cool. I coached for a USL two team. Um, oh, Jamie! Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Congrats, so I, that's huge. I just recently retired playing. I got forced in retirement, I guess. Uh, so I've been coaching with the team. So I played with them. This is the fifth year it's been established. So the first three years I played. Um, and then coached the last two seasons and then um, played out in Seattle. And that was uh, right at the beginning of – or end of July, early August. So 
was doing that basically the entire summer. So I didn't get too much of a break, but you know, that's, it's part of it. It was, it was awesome. We, we ended up losing, unfortunately, but um, great season. So, yeah. Jamie played for so long. He played with my son for a little bit. Yes. No way. Jamie. I, I actually played that long. Like that's wild. I didn't know you, you still play. What, what USL team are, are you coaching? It's, it's called Lionsbridge. Okay. Yeah, it's based out of Newport. I mean, it was a perfect setup. So like, I've known Scott for you know, too many years now. Um, I actually coached his son when he was growing up in club, and that's how we got connected. And then Augie, who his son plays at William Mary, he played, was it two years ago or last year? Yeah, I think it he was played two years for, ago. Yeah. Or no, two years ago when I was still kind of playing. So I yeah. got to play with Augie, which is kind of cool. It's, it was like full, kind of full circle. I'm like, you were 10 when I was coaching you, and now I'm playing <laughs> with you. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it's fun. It, it just was a perfect setup because my the house I live in is like I could walk to the training field. We play at CNU, so it just made sense. Um, and my other buddy who coached at ODU was involved, and so he was like, "Do you want to be involved in this?" So and it's just been unbelievable of how much it's grown in in the yeah. five years of it being established in the community. That I mean, we get over 2,000 fans per game. It's insane. So it, it's it's pretty cool to see what it's done. Our men's coach, Gabe Margolis, coaches a, a USL team up here, and he was telling me the same thing, just like the, the turnout. And I, you know, I, I see some things on social media. It's incredible how many fans that you guys get to those games. And I think it's it's an awesome league to have during the summer and, and you know, great summer prep. And, like, it's, yeah, sure. it, it's really – I think it's really great for the game. I like, I, I'm like, Gabe, next summer I got to get – you know, I want to tap into that and um, – it's a great way to like stay fresh in your coaching too. Yeah, no, and that's with us too. Like again, you get 15 days for a string in one game. Yeah, you I'm like lose touch. You like yeah, lose like, touch with coaching itself. Myself yeah. as a coach and and show up and and show what I've learned in this off season to to help. Right. So that. it helps. It helps with that 100. percent And that's why I love doing it because you get different people coming in to help coach with the team, different players, and you know, you know, some sometimes they're really good division one players so it's like okay pushing you to really nitpick their game a little bit to improve them to get better or forming a session or an activity or whatever it may be so it does keep me on my toes and keeps me busy which is great because now i'm like kind of in the flow of it ready to roll for string or for the season what do they have um like what's the equivalent for the women's game where do college women go to play during the summer and all that a couple of different leagues. There's the W League that is still around, but I don't know how big it is. It's kind of spotty in areas. There's mm-hmm. a WPSL um, as well. Um, I think that's the one Danny plays. My sister plays as well, still uh, in, in Columbus, awesome. out of Columbus. So uh, she coaches at Muskingum University in Ohio. I, that's, so, I was like, I know that last name. I, I think I. I, I know, yeah. I was she like, was at Denison for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense now. All right. Yeah, so uh, that's my sister. Okay, small world. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, but other than that, they, a lot of the club teams around here at least are doing Pro 23s. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they, they'll have a women's side for that as well. Gotcha. And I believe that like on the, the USL is, is starting some more teams on the women's yeah. side as well. We don't have any up here in Massachusetts. I believe there's one in like Connecticut, but... um. 
yeah, there's there's several leagues that, that you can play in. Good. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll write out an hour. Um, you guys uh, have anything else? I'd like uh, to... Just- uh, just thank you guys. Like I, yeah. I really appreciated this conversation. I know Scott, you had mentioned something on the twenty. Was it the twenty eighth or the twenty fourth? I, I, uh, it was like a Sunday evening. Um, I'm busy, but I'd ha- be happy to jump on like other calls like this. This is awesome. Okay, yeah, we'd love having you. Um, you're a great guest, uh, which is always you know it's like sometimes I have to drag it out of Jamie, but you know I didn't have to do that. But, I don't talk but... very much, man. You know me. You know me right now. <laughs> I know I, I like chatting with you guys. I, I like I like this format, pretty laid back, like yeah. you, you know. And and Jamie, I've like never met you, and I've always like wanted to say hi. So I'm glad this yeah. brought us no, together. It's, yeah, it's great to great to meet you. And again, if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. So happy to help us. Where, I expect I to see a, a CNU Brandeis match um, oh. in the next few years. Get that would be, that'd be a fun match to, to get yeah. together. That'd be a, a, yeah. a tough one. Um, it, would. it would be good. I like that. I'll, I'll keep it up. Jamie, maybe we'll touch base. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Mary. All right. Good luck. All right. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. I hope you found it informative and enjoyable. Thank you for sharing and subscribing to the podcast and helping it grow. Please keep sending questions and comments. I enjoy the feedback and always get your questions answered by my guests. Don't forget to check out Matchplay on social media as well.